Um, all right, this is uh, Inkstuds on the Road. We're in uh, lovely, spacious Portland. It's such a different city than Vancouver. Um, I was just admiring how there's so many houses that are old and little and nice. Vancouver's all monster houses now. I'm digressing. Um, we're at the home of Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fraction. We just had a very lovely conversation with Kelly Sue that is probably already posted since I post them chronologically. And now we're sitting with Matt. Hey. <laughs> hey, girl, hey. Um, thanks for uh, meeting with us, Matt. My pleasure. Um, it's uh, read a lot of comics. You've been very prolific these last previous five years. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so it's funny. Uh, when I was doing six and a half books a month, no one said boo. When I was doing two, everybody said I was overworked and everything was going to be late and it was all my fault. And it was the weirdest thing in the world. <laughs> I was like, sense. I wrote, I wrote. <laughs> okay. I mean, well, here's my here's my theory. You're doing two that feel like um, they're running off the road into their own direction. Where if you're doing um, a lot of the I, when when you're doing six, was it where you're talking about? Is that all Marvel work? Because I think people assume yeah. when you have an editorial team and when you have all of that stuff that things run quicker than when you've got like Chip Zdarsky, mm-hmm. um, you know, photoshopping his him swimming naked in the back of your book. That wasn't Photoshop. That was that was Chip. Well, I mean, you fo- you're he, no no. Right, my head was in the clouds. I, anytime Chip is naked outside, <laughs> I appear. <laughs> I just I just looked at that recently and noticed that. Um, it lists he was dying this year. Yes, yes. It lists him as dying in like 2,130. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, he sent me the picture, and I was like, "You have to. We have to print this in the book, and like, you have to put me in the in the, in the clouds. The one, like, I'm dead." Is this the one with him, like, in like a tropical resort? Or yeah, something? yeah. He was in Mexico with his. Yeah. It's a very beautiful photo. Yeah, it was. It was, and then he photoshopped me in the clouds. Like, that's perfect. It just that's our. We'll be back. I think his wife is a travel writer. Yeah. Now, I guess I want to kind of get more background from you of kind of like what your initial interest is in comics and kind of the stuff that drew you in. Because I know you worked at uh, Heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the full Heroes name? aren't hard to find. Heroes are America's comic source in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's not, I used to know the address, but they moved now, so it doesn't matter. The old address are not there anymore. Um, how old were you when you were working there? Twenty. And then like 20, 21, 22, 23, and that. I, I, I took a break. I went, I, I, I worked there, I went to Chicago for about a year, and I came back and worked there again. Now, were you super into comics growing up? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was a, I wanted to be an artist. Well, first I wanted to be an astronaut, but my math isn't good enough. Um, you need a PhD. So if I couldn't be Luke Skywalker, then I, I would be like, I would be like George Lucas. But like I always drew and wrote. I was very creative and story told all the time. Um, and I'd gone to art school. Like I was on, I was on that track. So yeah, no, I always, they were always around. They were a huge part of my growing up. You know, I learned how to read, reading comics and, and uh, uh, yeah, I always, I just want to tell stories, you know, and use words and pictures, and whether that was art or film or whatever, you know, animation. I was, I was all in. So, you did, you've done film stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I went to, I was on a fine arts track, and eventually rolled into a film track, um, um, and then kind of into an animation track, and then I just dropped out. 
It's a bit okay. So you're N- now that I'm in the WGA, I don't get screeners. That'll that'll make up for it for my mom. I'll be able to give my mom Oscar screeners at Christmas. That'll be that'll be enough. That that won't that won't fill the hole of a the, the shape like a college diploma, but it'll it'll help. I, right. you know, I'm oh, I was just asking if you if you'd actually managed to if you'd worked in animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah not like for not like. But I'd like like as part of commercials and stuff. Right, like, right. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I actually I don't know if we talked about that. I did animated commercials as well. Oh uh, yeah, I think we did a little bit. Yeah, because you're you're doing. I don't even know if you're allowed to say. It. Are you still doing stuff with Kanye? Uh no, it's done. Okay. Yeah, you just but that also. yeah yeah I think yeah are we not allowed to say that? I don't care. I just basically didn't want to talk about it in interviews because uh, I don't, don't care. Don't bleeding quote about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh yeah, it's just you know me and Matt and white fur coats in the back of a limousine essentially is what people can imagine sure this <laughs> yeah. is exactly what it was like um yeah no earlier on I did Pepsi commercials and yeah. embarrassing stuff like that yeah 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 no sure absolutely yeah. did you do them with James Jean yeah James Jean did backgrounds but um we did we did like Levi's we Budweiser and Coke you know, like we made but you know we like our whole it's sort of the operating system that I still have I had until very recently but like we needed to trick corporations into paying us hundreds of thousands of dollars right. that we could then use to make our own stuff. So we would do commercials to, and then shut down and do in-house projects. We were just trying to... Nice. Because I kind of... I, I wonder if some of your... Um, a lot of your books are written in a very kind of conversational tone with the reader. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if um, if any of that was learned from commercials. Like, especially sex criminals. It's like your... Your... Um, I... I uh, um, I was talking to uh, Sloane Long, who's an artist we both like, and uh, she was talking about your work and saying that um, you're the only writer in comics she can think of who speaks, uh, uh, has this kind of tongue-in-cheek, eyebrow-lifting style that doesn't fall into Joss Whedonisms. Yeah, wow, that's that's a nice... I know what, the, I know what that means. Um, I, I get that. That's Who said that? Uh, Sloane. Sloan. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, there's that, I mean, there's a thing that we say that, like, there's funny and then there's comics funny. Right. You know what I mean? There's a joke, there's an actual crafted gag, and then there's like, hey, that's a Scooby-Doo reference. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> um, which is kind of the hard thing about sex criminals, like, how do you write the jokes? Like, jokes are hard. Real yeah. jokes are hard. Like, to sit out, like, this is deliberately a joke. This is another pun. No, no. No, it's not meant Ba-dum-bum. to be. It's not, I promise. Uh, I hate puns. <laughs> I do. I, I, I do. I, uh, if you can come up with them on the fly, a verbal moment, pun in the moment, that sort of uh, reflects some degree of wit. That's great. But that's a perfect difference between like funny and comics funny. You know, comics funny or pun titles. You know, right. that's right. the thing that kills me about Simon since Thor. The fucking puns in the titles. You know, it's the worst. It's the worst. You know, um, a sight for Thor eyes in that kind of yeah, shit. Like fuck. Oh, no! We should move on. Just, make it very clear how much you love his work. I uh, yeah. oh yeah, no, that, no, no, I adore. The, yeah. We will move on. It's a Thor spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you've already used oh. that twice today. Uh, he used it right before I did. And <laughs> you know, but listen, it's a classic. You and I, you yeah, and Michael Prowl's work. That's that's cool. No, I I don't think. Um, on the contrary, I think it it comes from learning to survive working in commercials, okay. and the way that. At least when I was there. Now, at this point, I've been gone from MK12 as long as I was ever there, so right. I can't speak with any authority about the way they work now and who they are now as people. It's a, it's, it's, it's a different place as far as I'm concerned. The smell of me is well off of there. Right. But, like, it was a way that we could survive work doing corporate work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was, and, and after a while, it became a selling point. We weren't as, um, like, Crispin Porter-Bogusky, I fucking hate, as, a, as an agency, because they are comics funny. 
They are, look at how outrageous we're being. This is an absurd commercial for Burger King to air. <laughs> right. Commercial. It's terrible. And it's right. sort of, it's that, that forced, it's like, it's like when you were a kid, you knew that things weren't fun or cool if the mm-hmm. word fun or cool appeared anywhere in their title. Right, there's a place near my house called Reliable Gun that I always laugh at. <laughs> oh no, don't, you don't have to say it. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like you know how I knew you were classy? Because it says classy in your ass across right. the back of your uh, tights. <laughs> That's how I knew you were a real classy lady. It says classy right there on your butt cheeks. Um, but that was, I think that came from just like how to survive the square world. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I would do that, I would do that. I remember like in like algebra, like once I realized it doesn't have to be X, you can put down anything. Like right. I would put like acrostic messages and like, it's just like, how do you get through being normal for eight hours or yeah. whatever? So it's just that kind of, oh God, I have to do a scene where people, like there's a guy who literally comes into the panel on sex criminals and tells you who another character is. And then the guy goes, all right, he's a plumber, and he's carrying pipe. And he's like, okay, now I'm going to go lay some pipe over here. And he yeah. walks out of the scene, and it's just like, it doesn't matter. It just, yeah, just right. put, hang a hat on it, put a bell on the hat, shine a light on the bell. Yeah. Ding the bell a lot. You know, I think it's just a way of getting through the rote predictable. Well, what parts. kind of stuff were you doing at that point, the, like, the after-hours work? Um, a lot of stuff nobody ever saw. I mean, I can read a lot of autobio stuff and then kind of weird stuff because there's an art school and that's what you mm-hmm. did. Um, um, and then I would kind of try to, I was always trying to find ways to like smash it together. You know what I mean? Like how can I tell the story about me but still... I mean at the, uh, at the MK12. Oh, oh God. Uh, well, yeah, but, but you know, but that, that, that was still kind of it. Like yeah. my, my, I wrote a lot of stuff nobody ever saw. Yeah. Um, I sort of realized that, um, I needed to start treating my notebook the way I used to treat sketchbooks. And you can mm-hmm. fill it with, you can do a thousand pages of shitty drawings and never see the light of day. Unless for you, you Photoshop them all and collage them into your stuff, right? But like, you do that, you know, but like, you were constantly repurposing sketchbook right. work. But like, I, I was, you know, you're, you're, this is a sketch. You're like, how do you draw this fucking bag of sand, right? How do you draw this couch? How do you make a chair look like a chair? How do you make a chair look like it's sitting on a real floor? Right. Is there weight to this chair? Does somebody sit in a chair? Does it look like there's weight on the person's legs and back? Are they slouching? Is there posture? What is the chair sitting on? Is that a how many points? That's the thing you practice. And you practice, you practice, you practice, you practice, and finally mm-hmm. figure out how to do yeah. it. Like, I started to realize that my sketchbook was the same thing. Like, just because I write it down doesn't mean it's, like, it's not a fucking Enchiridion, right? Yeah. It's not a scroll. Right. I didn't chisel it into stone. It's like, I'm going to write a shitty page of comics. All right, that's no good. Cross it out and start over. Or I would do cover versions. I would take finished comics and, like, okay, all right, if I was going to take this issue of Batman Year One and, like, write it for somebody, how would I take this finished script and, like, do it like algebra, right? Here's the finished product. Now write the script backwards. Mm-hmm. Right, all right, page one, panel one, Batman, Jim Gordon looks out the window, you know, he's tired. How do you write it? Okay, now how do you write the long version? How do you do the Alan Moore version? Okay, now how do you do, like, the, how do you do, like, the telegraph version? Use as few words as possible. Okay, now write it Marvel style, write plot style. Right, how do you do this? Right. Would you dare call shots for David Mazzucchelli? Uh-huh. Okay, so let's say you don't want to call a shot for David Mazzucchelli because he's fucking David Mazzucchelli. How do you write a paragraph that psychically communicates exactly what you want and communicates the shot without actually calling a shot. Not to like fool your artist into thinking, but like to make it clear, I am seeing this because this is the aesthetic truth of this moment and there can be no other aesthetic truth in this particular second. And it's, so yeah, I have notebooks full of, I literally, a box downstairs of, I have, I have 20 years of notebooks. At this point, were you doing it, did it feel like you were training or was it something where you felt like you're in the work doing it for right then? I mean, I knew I wanted to publish, um, and it was, I was sniffing around and trying to get things going, and mostly just trying to learn, you know, and sort of like, oh, I can't just say, hey, let's do a comic, I have to learn how you do a comic, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it wasn't like, you know, publishing in those days, it wasn't the, 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 the you know, the internet wasn't quite the internet yet. It wasn't right. easy. Digital publishing wasn't really a reality at that point. So oh, it was sort well, of publishers like... Publishers were disappeared by that point, too. Yeah. Right? I mean, I was at MK12. MK12 started in, nine, in 2000. Okay. Um, and I was there until 2007. Um, but that, like, like, when I quit MK12, I had a book and a half at Marvel. Like when I quit MK12, I had done two issues of Punisher and had agreed to do Iron. Like the first book I wrote, my first week off was the first issue of Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was I left with a book and a half. Um, but I was doing short stories and like trying to learn. And and even if they got drawn and never published, or somebody would draw it and flake out, I was kind of learning. And like Stephen Sanders had a bunch of art hanging in a coffee shop that our office used to be above, and I knew. I didn't know him from school, but one of the guys at MK12 knew him from school, and he introed us, and we said, I got coffee, and I was like, I really love your work, and I would like to do comics, and I suspect looking at your work, you might too, and mm-hmm. what if, would you like to do a comic, and how do you, you know, just, like, that was, you know, I approached people I knew, I, was, I went to art school, I approached people as fans, you know, there, right. uh, there's an artist to this day who I love that I once sent two scripts to, and I'm mortified, and, like, I've avoided talking to this person subsequently, like, I don't know if you remember me from when I was 20 years old and working at Heroes Are Hard to Find, but I once abused... The, the confidence and kindness you showed me as a 20-year-old and sent you two scripts to, of mine to read, and I'm super mortified by that now, and I will never, ever cop to it, but I did it. Um, but you were, you were, had the uh, S in your pen name then, I assume. I no, at that point it was still me. Yeah, no, at that point it was... Uh, no, uh, uh, I guess by the time I started to publish, it was Fraction. That was the whole reason I kept it Fraction, was um, uh, my last name is Fritchman, and one night a telemarketer Fritchman, right. mispronounced my name as Fraction? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, this is Matt Fraction, absolutely. <laughs> what do you want to sell me? Because I'm a very busy man, because my name is Matt Fraction. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can only give you a tiny percentage of my time. Yeah, exactly. I don't think you... Well, but it was like, like, like I sound like a Bond villain, for God's sake. Yeah. It's not like I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm going to blow the world up unless you give me all the cable rights for China. Um, and uh, uh, so it became my, my username, my login name on, like, the Delphi forums, where mm-hmm. I was kind of a, a regular at the time, like the Warren Ellis forum, which is where we met, right. but where I met Warren Ellis and a billion other people. Mm-hmm. And when I actually was ready to publish Kieran something... Kieran and yeah, Kieran. Sam, yeah, yeah, Jamie, Sam Humphreys, uh, Charlie Chu, mm-hmm. Jamie McKelvey, Warren Kieran Yeah, a million people, Mark Deering, and there's, like, a whole wave of people that came out of that board and now work in the business, but, like... Dan. It was the only Dan, it was the only marketing hook I had. Mm-hmm. It was like there's because it was like uh, the internet wasn't everywhere, but a lot of people in comics hung out on that forum. Yeah, and I thought, well, if you want to get noticed, be the guy these people recognize from that forum. Right. So that was the whole reason I kept the name. It was just like it was the only hook. Like, you know, I was like, and Robert Kirkman, he was still at Funkatron, published my first stuff, and it was like, you know, he was. Learning it too. I think it's the other even predates Walking Dead. I think you know, but it was right. that kind of that. Robert was the first guy to ever publish me. Um, but cool. yeah, what was your first thing then? Uh, the first published thing was Mantooth. Uh, there were three shorts. The thing was there was an anthology flip book called Double Image, and Joe Casey and Charlie Adler did a eight part book called Code Flesh, mm-hmm. and it got canceled at issue five. But Charlie, being Charlie, had finished parts six, seven, and eight. Mm-hmm. So. Robert, being no dummy, realized, well, wait, there's, you know, 33 Charlie Adler pages finished and lettered in the world. Right. Why don't we publish those? And so it fell to me to do this other half. And had the book continued, the original writer was going to do this book with Andy Kuhn called mm-hmm. Kung Fu Gorilla. But as that, he bowed out and handed it to me. 
I didn't quite realize how much Andy had come up with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went crazy. I was, woo! And went uh-huh. way far. I was like, nah, I'm just going to go nuts. Um, and that was it. They just needed something to basically fill out Code Flesh so right. that Funkatron eventually, or uh, I guess Planet Lair put it out eventually, but so that Code Flesh could see in the light of day. Okay. Um, but yeah, but I was doing a lot of critical stuff at that time, a lot of like writing about comics right. and sort of doing the art school gag at comic books online and hanging out and forums and sort of coming from art school culture like I just that's the only way I knew how to make friends was mm-hmm. to like show them my work and let's talk about right. it so I would just kind of fearlessly speak to people like Warren Ellis as though we were peers mm-hmm. and like why wouldn't you be interested in this commercial we made or this cartoon we made this this, this thing this just short film we did I like your comics here's my movie like that kind of stuff like it right. just didn't occur to me that there was anything improper to playing show and tell with, with a work exchange that seems that seems like the best way to deal with human beings. Like, it's not bad. <laughs> like I always, uh, I always think of the quote that uh, I don't know who said it, but how you can never quite have a conversation with someone if they're not on the same level as you. You can't talk up or talk down with someone. Yeah, you know what? I was never into getting like autographs. I did a couple of conventions where I got signatures, but very quickly it was an adventure in diminishing returns. And after a while, you felt subservient, and yeah. I was like, I really want to talk to you about craft and comics, but I feel like a chode because I just got you to sign a bunch of stuff. You yeah. know, like. I had this moment at the Eisners where um, uh, Gilbert and Heine won Eisners too, and we were all together at the photographs. And I was like, "Oh shit! I meant to thank you guys because without you, like, mm-hmm. like, I, like, you know, I, there, I wouldn't be doing this." And it was cool because you guys had just won, and, and you were right there behind us. And like, I just and I forgot, and I realized I can probably stop doing that now with them. Like, I think I've gushed enough. Uh-huh. We've established clearly. I'm in their debt. Yeah. I am a fan. They have no doubt. Jaime recognizes me and remembers me now. Uh, uh, Gilbert and I have... Uh, it was like, okay, you know what? Uh, achievement unlocked. I can stop right. gushing on the Hernandez brothers now. I think there's um, Because it made things awkward immediately. We were... It was this awkward post-award thing, yeah. right? And I was like, hey, I love you. Like, Jesus Christ, just be a human being. Right, right. But I, I think there, there are a few people who are in line for signatures who actually just want the signatures oh, and sure, collectors. No you no can doubt. tell them and it's because oh, of the yeah, tape. Yeah, the cutout. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, 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 yeah. I put a couple of books but, in my bag and I need to sign when we're done oh, here. Oh, so. yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the CGC guys. You yeah, know, the CGC. and, and they're, they're yeah. fine and there's nothing wrong with that, but, but like most, uh, uh, and we'll totally sign your books, um, uh, uh, but I think most people are there for the moment. Right, exactly. That was what it, I, it, I, I realized I didn't need the artifice of the of the book. Yeah. I could just go up and have the moment. And yeah, yeah you're exactly right. It's all Although about... Although I do constantly have... Uh, I'll do... I've actually slid books I have over to creators on panels and have them... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With Silas yeah. Sam, yeah. Yeah, it's just um. a... Uh, like, the, there's... It's awkward to approach a stranger and tell yeah. them, yeah. I, I, I enjoy your work. You have made some difference to me. It's, a, it's yeah. a strange interaction to have, not just for you, but for them. But it's compelling. And if you have this, uh, this dance to do, this sort of ritualized, I will give you this book and you will scrawl on it. And yeah. by the end of the day, I can't remember how to fucking write my name. You know, like I literally can't. I'm like... Okay, wait. I have two signatures. I have my actual official signature, and I have my like signature yeah, I have my signature, bank signature and, and, oh, yeah. and the comic signature. And every now and again, I'll do the I, bank and I, I can't <laughs> remember which is which, and so they become this weird hybrid thing. And then you know, it's just like this is why I, I keep a blank check to the front of the books I have signed at the end of the day. Yes, <laughs> but it, it, then it, it doesn't. 
it, it isn't about that. It's about mm. this gives us something to do while we have the moment of and I think uh, I have such and I have and, mm. I, and, I, and, I, and I, I have such anxiety. It was easier for me to get rid of the artifice and just let me get to the hard part. Okay, yeah. like let's just skip the like. Let me. Just, it's gonna be hard enough for me to talk to you because I'm me. Like let's <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it became that, that, that sort of. I was interested to talk to you about is you you strike me as somebody who is fairly antisocial and has put themselves in an incredibly social position. Yeah. And you seem to be having fun with it, though, and I don't know... Uh, I was for a while. Well, um, I, mean, I mean, specifically, like, when I look at Sex Criminals and Hawkeye, mm-hmm. those books stink of you and your collaborators, you know, Chip and David, they're mm-hmm. having uh, huge amounts of fun. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but, you know, like, what's the, like... Yes, it should be fun. Like it's it's it is still functional. I mean, getting your nipples pierced on stage. Sure, that wasn't fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I mean, I, the thing with sex criminals was like, I remember when we first got the pages from Chris that were colored on Casanova, and you asked me if I knew it was going to look like. If, did you know it was going to look that good? And my response was, Yeah, I just didn't know how to tell you. Like, I felt like that, like, like with Sex Criminals, it was like, like, I knew what we were doing hadn't really been done. I think there are yeah. books that it is like, but I don't think there's ever been, I, I really don't yeah. think that there's been, like, I, I didn't get it. Yeah, and I knew, I knew it, I just had to, like, it was just, let me just do this book. And, like, yeah. that, that whole thing was like, no, no, Chip and I are the creeps. Like, tonight, Chip and I are the creeps, and it's, and that's how we had to make it a safe space for people who didn't feel... You know, I also get that people don't want to buy books called Sex Criminals or maybe are put off by that, and I, I totally get it, and there's no judgment. There's a Japanese comic called Bondage Fairies that you came up with. Sure, sure. And the actual title in Japan is called Insect Hunter. And I always think about how they just want to shame the reader in going after the... I, yeah. You know, my, my, uh, there was a thing about, about Mantooth was Mantooth was always beat in the sales chart by a book called Blowjob. Mm-hmm. Which is a uh, very, yeah. very humbling, very uh, humbling. Yeah. My I, my argument is like you you know how blowjobs going to end every month. <laughs> no every way, go on. No, it's just it's just uh, that's, that's it. like come on, you know how it's going. to... Oh, that again. Yeah. Yeah. When I, I worked at a, a adult, well, it wasn't an adult video store. I worked at a video store that had an adult video section. Right. Um, and I was a, a high school student and uh, absolutely lived for the moment where I could read aloud the title of the <laughs> video. But Just to shame the... You know, you got the box for Big Black Ass Fuckers 4, but you're looking for Big Black Ass Fuckers 3. Steve, where's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I saw one. Carlito's Gay. It was a good title. <laughs> but uh, I've lost track again. <laughs> That's a very sex criminal's world. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, but, but, but sex criminal. So, is but, there... I think that was the price... The there was a certain there's a certain price you have to pay to do that book right and that was putting yourself out there yeah um, regardless of how uncomfortable oh uh, uh, Ellis said this about me once and it's one of the most perceptive things anyone's ever said that it's like as though one day you tripped and with your shin drove a nail into a piece of wood uh-huh. and now you just think that's how people put nails in things. <laughs> and that's, that yeah, but that's exactly, yep, that's, yeah. that is right. So that is the sort of, you know, and now it's become this amazing thing. And now these, it's, it's, the letters are amazing. It's always, I'm always convinced. I, I only open the mailbox when Chip is like, okay, buddy, uploading tonight. And that's when the letter column gets done. I avoid it and I have such anxiety and such, I'm so nervous. I'm convinced it's going to be, ah, I never check. I never check during the month. 
uh, and then there's always amazing, and it's always, right. and then by the, and it's as cool and uh, uh, the funniest, dirtiest women in the world. Right in, it's the best. It's just the best. Like, right. the, like a friend of ours in Vancouver um, does a magazine called Cinema Sewer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got his, the collection. I have the anthology that just came out. Right. His biggest following is all women. Yeah, the men are the men. The letters from guys are fifty fifty. Uh, uh, half of them are great and honest and earnest and not funny and are very uh, uh, truthful and painful and honest and revealing. Mm-hmm. And the other ones are like dick jokes. They're, they're the worst. And right. then and then the other half of the letters. Actually, more women I think write in now than men. But um, yeah, we're not juking our stats. I'm not cherry picking girls over yeah. guys. Right. It is right. a it is a we, we have amazing female readers who write amazing letters. Well, that was the interesting thing in going and uh, talking to the retailers I mentioned to you earlier is is how much there's just, you know, an image stands out very much as a place where women will go into comic stores and be like, okay, I've got Saga, what else is out here? Right. And uh, and it's interesting how much Sex Criminals is, I mean, maybe more than anything right now in my mind, feels like a universal comic that someone who cooked up the science that, film, was, that was That was the thing, like, like sex comedies are incredibly popular in right. every other storytelling medium, right? Whether it's something like Bridget Jones' Diary, or Fifty Shades of Grey, or uh, 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 every TV show, uh, you know, like, you know, I did, like, Sex Tape was a bad example, because Sex Tape bombed at the box office this summer, right. but, like, Girls, and American Pie, or whatever, like, like yeah. going back to, like, Some Like It Hot in the Apartment, people love dirty, funny sex movies and stories, but even, that, even that's a little too exploitation-y, but, like... There, it is a tried and true genre, and I really love it. Like I really love Billy Wilder and how dirty Billy Wilder could get. He push right up against the the walls of like the Hayes Code, and right. like like that was yeah. Like why hasn't there been this for comics? Like the, why hasn't there been? Was there something about it being in the comics genre that that brought in the superpowers or medium? Um, no, I think it's just kind of the way that my thinking goes in general. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it started from there. It started, that was very, um, I think I had kind of a, a story about a remote viewer I wanted to do for a long time. There, th- th- that story became uh, Yeah, that story, yeah. S- uh, sex Criminals and Satellite Sound. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, and a little Casanova, too. Yeah. Um, there, was, there was a thing I could never quite get. It was, again, one of these things I've got hundreds of pages that nobody ever read. Um, because I couldn't quite get there, but but it's it sort of put the... for me to pitch my kids' version of Little Casanova. Good, go for it. <laughs> that's that's, that's, it. that's old. I love it. Um, but yeah, so there's there's a there's a no. It was always that. It always came first. It's not like it's. I'm never quite so calculating or or. Oh, I need to think of an elevated genre. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I need to. What's the what's the quirky to comic book twist? It just seemed like. And I, I, I didn't cool. get it when you, you when you came to my office and told me about it. I thought. Can stand upside down. This is our daughter Tallulah. <laughs> oh my gosh, she stands just as good upside down as he does right side. <laughs> no, no, it's good. No, I'm not working with that. We're gonna keep doing our interview, okay, baby girl? Yeah. Thanks, baby. Hey, I love you. I love you more. Go to the park, but then she fell asleep. Aww. Okay. <laughs> um, it was all. It was always. I, 
you, you you mentioned bridesmaids and okay, bridesmaids was was a big and, and, uh, sort of Judd Apatow stuff is yeah. is forty year old virgin you, you were you were throwing out and, and freaks and, and geeks was a huge yeah. freaks and geeks freaks and geeks I, I absolutely love but the the way you were spinning it when you were talking to me it was like those are not movies I'm particularly into um, uh, like forty year old version and uh, uh, and, and, and that, that kind of thing was like eh you know just not 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 terrible that's that not mean? my particular bag and so I was like okay go with God and then mm-hmm. when um, uh, and when I read the script what I had been what hadn't been in sort of the way you were kind of practicing pitching it to me that I didn't understand was um, the uh, uh, sincerity. Hmm. Um, and I think that's the thing about that book that uh, stuns me, is uh, th- right. th- there is a, 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 a real um, uh, emotional honesty hmm. to it that I don't actually see in the things that you had cited. Right. Well, and, you know, much like... Uh, much like uh, you mentioned Superbad. Yeah, right. Exactly. That one seems to have some emotional sensation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super bad. I, the, the, listen, the bit where they kiss is so sweet and honest okay. and like whatever the opposite of gay panic is. Like it's such a real moment yeah. where like at the end of the thing, like Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill are both like blasted, drunk and exhausted and they're both like falling asleep on their nose to nose and Jonah Hill like goes beep and like and they end up like kissing for a second and then realizing well, it's, it's just, we just crossed a line and they roll over and go to sleep. But it's just such a sweet, like... Yeah, it's just a really endearing... Don't take any hints, Brandon. I've actually, like, I've not... I've seen 40-Year-Old Virgin, but I've not seen Superbad. I'm not, a lot of the movies that he cited, I haven't right. seen. So, like, sort of my concept of what they were was, wasn't... I wasn't interested in the idea enough right. to go see the movie. Maybe that's where some of the universal aspects of the thing comes in, is that you're... You're not just delving into penis jokes. You're right, right. You and Chip, because it does. It does feel the like, penis jokes get you to the stuff we're actually talking about. Yeah, exactly. Like and it feels to me like one of the more collaborative books you've done, just from an outsider. Like his, he's got a strong voice. Yeah, his voice is very. I mean, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Of course. I, 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 I yeah. It's it's a full script, um, which you know is sort of was weird to me he's so gifted and so accomplished and so funny that when he when he wanted to do full script I was kind of I was, I was taken aback I was like oh my god I'm gonna blow it now oh, right. but like um, um does he follow the script oh yeah 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 religiously like, yeah yeah um, yeah no and he'll make I mean, on at, at times he will very but like we're talking like three times like three panels instead of I put I knock these two into one panel It'll, and then I kind of and he'll he'll kind of as he's doing lettering he'll kind of adjust things organically as he goes but no it's it's I just want to write Mike Allred was somebody else who insisted oh yeah I thought Allred as much as he loves Kirby I was sure Allred would want to do would want to play on Mm -hmm. FF and do plot style he wanted a full script no man I want to know everything you want you just tell me what to do and all it was was FF the first time you worked with Albert yeah no we did a Thor short story okay um many moons ago I like him so much yeah we we uh, interviewed him as well and it was one of those interviews voice. where you need a long hug after. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's hard. He's one of those people that when I talk to him for an extended amount of time, I feel like I need to get my shit together and <laughs> be a nicer human being. He, I, I always describe him as being like a human golden retriever. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, but, but like if you're a dog person, you know that that joy kind of um, um, disguises the depth of a soul. Uh-huh. And like when you talk yeah. to Mike, like just the sincerity and richness. Uh, he's, yeah, such an aspirational figure. <laughs> yeah, he's a, 
But you know, I mean, that book is all is, is all chip. I just try me trying to write the best Chip Zdarsky book I can, you know, and let and let Chip be Chip, get the fuck out the way, and let Chip do his thing. You know, now, is that Chip's first like standard comic comic? Like he's pretty accomplished illustrator. Yeah, absolutely accomplished illustrator. He'd done shorts and stuff like that, but yeah, no, it was he he, he won the Eisner for his sixth comic. It was, it was the thing we were looking at. He's done six comics. He just uploaded the seventh issue before he went to San Diego. Once we were, as we were, were prison we were, funnies. But they were they were shorts. They were collections of shorts. I thought I'd have to go no, back. And no, I had a prison. I own two. Yeah, but they were. I thought they were shorts. They're okay, but not many. But yeah, yeah. it's it's very. But there were only three of them. You know, it's very yeah, very yeah. few. Very very few. Do you think that's part of why he wanted such a full script? Because. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he was totally nervous. He hadn't done and comics yeah. really, especially with anybody else. He'd always just yeah. drawn his own stuff. Was the idea of doing comedy monthly at all daunting? Not until we started to do it, <laughs> and I started to have like a nervous breakdown about it. Then, then it, like there were there were there were literally six and uh, uh, issue six and issue seven, seven especially are the hardest things I've ever done. Hmm. Um, and 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 it it shows. And the, the these delays are all on me. The reason that six and seven are late is because I was. Trawling through some real heavy stuff, and it was right, really well, hard. Those ones get much more serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah. Six really excited me after reading the first five, and then six comes in, and it's almost like a kick through the door yeah. of um, this is what we're doing. Shit's getting real now. Sure, sure. You had your fun. Um, that, yeah, that's the thing that happens in a relationship, right? You yeah. have like the first kind of three weeks where everything is like sex and takeout. Yeah. And then then you got to pay the bills. Right, and then it's like, are we still doing this, or like, what does it mean now? We're gonna wake up, and you've got the flu, right? Right, or this is what I look like when I don't wash my hair for a week, and I don't take off my sweatpants. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's a what was your story? What? About the, about the, <laughs> what was your story about the couple who, uh, 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 when he finally they 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 were they were perfect and angelic and and wonderful to one another, and then he he looked over at her and goes, "Honey, sometimes I poop," yeah. and got up and left the room, and finally went and went like like he wouldn't. Uh, uh, Take a shit I, in her presence. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maggie's uh, uh, story of the sulfuric shampoo. But um, uh, 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 she, she like went off for a, a weekend uh, with a, a, a new bow, and on the train ride there, ate a bag of um, uh, dried, dried apricots, right? Dried apricots, and uh, ended up uh, having like the most foul smelling like stomach churning bowel movements that in, in they were in a like one room cabin um, uh, for two days that was her thing so that, that was hot um, that was but, but there's but there's so like what happens after the, like the, the passion of those first yeah. three weeks yeah. and like we're gonna have a real relationship it's sort of you know but so you know, what was fascinating about that was that, that what you were writing about about with these characters getting to this point, you were having that experience in your relationship with the book. Mm-hmm. Um, like you were mirroring that in like, the first five issues had been sex and takeout, and oh shit, we have to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Like what the fuck do I write about now? Yeah. Um, I think that's the problem with that first collection. You can see where, we thought it was gonna be four issues. We thought we would do three and pay for the fourth and beg Eric to put out a collection that we had printed 2,000 copies of. We'd sell 800 to the direct market and give them out to our friends the rest of our lives and have our funny little joke and we, yay, buddy, we finally worked together, we did it. And I think you can see by the time issue three hits and we realize it wasn't just successful, but a success. Yeah. 
I think the story wobbles as it kind of recalibrates and suddenly I'm not going to be done at four. I have to keep going forever. Right. It kind of becomes a different, like it's a very... So you had, you, at this point, like you've had like yeah. one original ending and now sort it's of. like... Yeah, and now and then it, then it was sort of like, you know, we're just going to keep going. How do you grow it? How do you do this? Is there, how many stories do we get out of this? Yeah. Is it true? Can we do it for 60? Right? Can you do it for Walking Dead? Is it 100? Well, that's interesting. What does Sex Criminals number 80 look like, right? So that's just sort of how do you... What are we doing? And I'm just looking forward to 69. It wobbles us. It would be so great. So we can just do that at We're going to do 69 covers. Okay. <laughs> well, it's strange. I, I do... I assume that at the, the point that you are in your career that when that came out, you could have just pushed it on and... I didn't, I didn't know that. I mean, you know... I mean... I, I think at the point... I, I, I had... I had... Now I have to be artful. I was convinced two years ago my career was over. Right. And when I went, and the reason I set these books up in Image was because the phone wouldn't ring. Mm-hmm. And that it was Satellite Salmon Sex Criminals was sort of about availability. And when okay. people were open, it wasn't like, I'm going to do my dirty sex comics. But these were the books, that, you know. And I come up with something, I come up with something for someone. Right. The and like only, if, Howard, if Howard would have done Satellite <laughs> Sam, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. I, I, I love the idea of being like, the only artist I could get was uh, Chang. <laughs> yeah, but like, look, that's the thing is like, <laughs> Like he had a thing, and we had these products. You know, you come up with stuff, and you're like you have a dream partner. Yeah, and shaking yeah. Those and that was it. And he had it. He was like, he could do it. I was like, okay, great. So we're doing satellite salmon sex criminals. Oh boy, which is fine. You know, I figured like you know, like I said, a year doing six and a half comics a month. Like they're all like Iron Man and Thor. It's okay to kind of get into some other territory. It feels good. Yeah. Um, but no, it was it was. I set these books up, and it was because I didn't and the phone ring, and I didn't think I didn't think Hawkeye was going to last. Nobody thought Hawkeye was going to last. Right. They, they, there was a, they said it was going to last six issues. Because there no, there's never been a Hawkeye 7, let alone a Hawkeye 22. And yet I turned in a script for Hawkeye 22. And a fucking annual. Right. But I don't know. Maybe that's the assumption. I mean, you did... You had a... Was it Iron Fist you had a big success on? Power Man? Yeah, Iron Fist. Iron Fist. I mean, yeah. it was, it was you know... It was critically... It was still Iron Fist. They were still, you know... It did well enough. It surprised. That also surprised everybody. You know, yeah, there was, they, there's never been an iron fist. Because I mean, I, you know. maybe I'm coming from a really naive point of view on that end, but it, to me, it feels like past a certain point, writer and artist, maybe more so writer right now, really is what a lot of people do follow. Sure, but I had been led to believe that they were following other writers. Right. Like so I like I didn't know. I, I'm I'm not trying to be falsely modest or I'm not trying to be sincere, like deflect off shucks. Mm-hmm. I'm I legit thought four issues were paying for the last one. Okay. I thought Satellite Sam would be five. But you know, we got the numbers in on Satellite Sam. And then I, and I was like, Howard, I was like right in the second issue, I was like, I don't wanna I know we talked about this being six or seven issues, but I could kinda keep going if you could, because done all this work and we know all these people like I just want to make this an ensemble book and Howard was like yeah I'm having the time of my life so off we went you know where did, where did this hit in relation to like it felt like very recently right around the same time as that and maybe that was the cause that Chankin kind of it felt like he came back to comics in a serious way or, or, or was trying to start a new career in well, he'd been doing stuff for a while. Like, he did some Marvel stuff. I mean, no, he was no, around, yeah, 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 yeah. He no. was around on a bunch of... I, I did a panel with Chankin, and I was reading up on his stuff on the panel, and I like, got on the panel just in time to complain to him about how bad the comic I'd read that he had <laughs> just drawn. And, uh, and, but now he's doing work that is, is worth collecting next to American Flag. Right, yeah, and, and, you know, and again, I think everybody... 
you, you, you learn the, the place that you learn the rules from is the rules you know. You know, and Howard, Howard, and part of it was was you know, Hit Century was coming out, and somehow he got talked into doing Black Kiss too. And I think that kind of, and you know, he would send his his black and whites when we worked together at Marvel. Uh, Howard's the kind of guy like, oh my god, I got this. this oh, it looks so amazing, Howard. The black and white looks so great. And his response is, so you don't like my color work? Fuck you. Right. And then you'd be like, you know, Howard, the, the color stuff is so great. It's so great to see you working in color again. Oh, so you don't like my black and white work? Go fuck yourself. Is like, that, that's, you like, know. have you, do you feel at all that you, that, that you deal with the chink and that, is there a, I don't know, is there a, is there a character there at all? Oh, sure. That you have to get past? To no, 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 the character is the guy, but the character doesn't, doesn't yeah. drop. Yeah, no, he never drops the mic. You know what right. I mean? He does you go fuck yourself. He's not gonna hang up on you. He's just saying go fuck yourself and then you right. keep that's the whole reason I got when I pitched Satellite Sam, he was out of town and I called his voicemail. This is this is Howard. I used to have the voicemail, I don't have it anymore. Um, I my favorite thing ever that happened to me was Howard Chaikin called and this is the voicemail message. It was Hey guy, it's Chaikin. Look, everyone in comics thinks you're a Jew. I'll talk to you later. And he hung up. <laughs> that, was it. that was that was that was I felt like I had made it. Um, is that? <laughs> when, when I pitched him Satellite Sam, I was like, "All right, Jergoff, listen, I got, I, got, I know what our creator own book's going to be when you're uh, when you're done fucking around, give me a call." I like it's just as big of a you know kind of shaken as shaken was. That's you know I was shaken at shaken. He was like, "All right, I'm interested. Tell me what's a what's a book." And I told him, you know, what we want. <laughs> I want to relaunch Blowjob. I'm in. Let's do it. Sound like crazy. I love the ending. <laughs> but I mean. Was it <laughs> was it difficult for you to get to that point with? I, I assume it, it, it was, was. as you grew up. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, Jesus. poster over your bed. Oh yeah, no, I was. Was it his art or just? <laughs> uh, no, but, but like American it was Flag. A picture of him. I mean, yeah, it was a big. You know, American Flag was the first book I ever read that didn't think I was a dumb kid, mm-hmm. and didn't care if I didn't get it. It trusted that I was smart enough to take the time right. and figure it out. Like I remember puzzling over American Flag. I was way too young for it, but I remember, oh my god, like just what a, yeah, you know, mind sharing experience that was. And he ended up, we ended up working together at Marvel. And there are certain things that you know, certain preciousnesses you get rid of at Marvel, like having, you know, having having being being uh, being Mike shy, working with your idols. Suddenly, right. you get, suddenly your idol needs a script on Tuesday. Like mm-hmm. you got to write the script. It doesn't matter that it's shaken. It doesn't matter that I I had avoided meeting him my entire career. Every show I'd done, there are guys I didn't talk to for a long time. Shaken right. was one of those guys I never talked to. I never talked to Stranko. I avoided the Hernandez brothers until fucking Dustin Harvin shoved me in Jaime's face one day just uh-huh. to be a dick because Dustin's a dick. Uh-huh. Let me put the headline of what this this one's called. William. Just Dustin's yeah, a dick. Yeah, Road Trip Part Twenty Three. Dustin's, Dustin's a, a dick. dick. Yeah. Um, but like Jacob was one of those guys I never wanted to meet mm-hmm. I just never ever ever wanted to meet him I would see him at conventions with nothing on his table and him just sitting there with his arms folded yeah. waiting for people to come up to him and I I, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't that guy we what finally did it was I was wrong it wasn't the Marvel thing but it was shortly thereafter we did a show together in Kansas City mm-hmm. and we were sitting next to each other we weren't and actually doing a show. We were just yeah. I was. It was Brubaker, and we were. I was there with Ed in advance of Iron Fist coming out. Iron Fist hadn't even come out. I don't think. But Shaken was there, right. and it just would have been rude to not say hello. Mm-hmm. And that was that was we were we were physically sad. He <laughs> asked me, uh, "Who's your coat?" Yeah. Like, who, yeah. He asked me who the, the designer of my coat was. This is great. We spent I spent a day with Howard in New York researching Satellite Sam, and at one point we were out. At lunch, and we're sitting at one table in a restaurant across the restaurants in Manhattan. There's another. There's a table of women sitting, and Howard's sort of looking at this woman. He just goes, "Shoes," and she's, 
Excuse me? Shoes. Those Lebotan, those Christian Lebotan, those shoes. I love those shoes. I fucking eat those shoes. You look great. And then we went back to our conversation, and I was like, and I saw this woman, like, <laughs> like her hotel key came out, like, like Howard, you could take her upstairs right now. Like, you, that you, have, you have signed, and he's like, you know, he's happily married. It's not his game anymore. Something like, I really enjoy about him is how much he wears his love of show tunes on his shoulder. Yeah. Like, no one makes fun of it because he's jinking. No, and he, I, he's, he, like, he gets away with, he has said things to me that I would deck any man I can think of, uh, short of maybe Idris Elba. You know, like, okay. like what the fuck? Did you just say that to me? Um, and and Howard, uh, and it's like, <laughs> you know. Uh, she uh, once wore a pair of shoes. I bought that pair she of shoes. She bought and wore a pair of shoes just so Howard would see them. <laughs> and then immediately just threw them away. No, no, no. She, 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 she took them in her bag. We got out of the cab. She put them on as we were getting out of the cab. She walked into the party with the shoes on. And then the second we got into the cab, the shoes came off. But it yeah. was like... I'm just wearing these for Howard, like they were Howard shoes. I took them on that new, on that trip because Howard was. Oh there. my God! Look at you! You're gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, girls always get pregnant. They turn into big pigs. But Jesus, look at you. Yeah. Oh no! But she, no, but it worked. She's like, oh. <laughs> me, the kind of person who's like, go oh, fuck yourself. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. like I'm not confrontation averse. I will call you on it. Right. Um, and for some reason. His chicken rays just like uh, I'm like oh it's Howard right do you, you think know? that he people have actually miscast him and he's actually like an Alan Moore Graham Morrison style wizard I don't know it's possible no because I think those guys are full of shit well yeah I think Howard's the real deal <laughs> I think that I think I think that's the difference right and I think and I think also Howard has um I don't want to put words in his mouth but like he's led a life man and he's earned it all he has got earned both the years and the mileage and. Is unafraid to critically evaluate himself and what he's, you know what I mean? Like he's just, he is a, he's a great fucking guy. He's a great fucking guy. And you can call him and you can talk about any musical or musical comedy or piece of musical theater for the last hundred years and he will start singing you from the book. <laughs> There's a movie called Silk Stockings, which is a musical version of Ninochka. You know Ninochka, the... The, uh, Lubitsch, the, the Lubitsch movie. Show from the 90s. This is not yeah. that. Cinemax, my <laughs> but, friend. But there's a there's a, there's a movie in Nochka that uh, Billy Wilder wrote it okay. and uh, uh, Ernst Lubitsch directed it. It's a very famous kind of early romantic comedy. They did a version of it as a musical with Sid Charisse as the Garda Garbo part and Fred Astaire as the part. Um, and I called out, I was like, have you ever seen Silk Stockings? Uh, and he, blah, 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 he begins to sing it to me and just, 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 oh, yep, he totally knows what I'm talking about. It's great. There really aren't many people that you can call up and get any show to are you the, whole thing, the whole thing in Anochka is, it's like she's a communist and she's in Paris and she sees a hat, a very ornate mm-hmm. fashion hat in the first, like the, her first appearance. And to her it begins and it's a symbol of bourgeois decadence in right. the West and blah, blah, blah. And then as she falls in love, she, you see her, she, she secretly wears the hat. And Sid Charisse had legs for days, and in the, in the in silk stockings, instead of a hat, it's a pair of silk stockings. Right. And there is a scene where Sid Charisse puts on these silk stockings and then does an amazing Sid Charisse sign and dance. It's starting to sound like, like Chankin. And this is exactly why I said, like, Howard, have you ever seen silk stockings? Right. And then he began to sing. Of course he'd seen it. Sing it. He still has the book memorized. You know, right. Is that kind of... Do you ever call him up and just try to be like, you ever see cats? I <laughs> should. <laughs> But like, but no. So there was a you know, there's a documentary on HBO called Six by Sondheim that I saw, and 
I am not a musical theater guy, but to watch Sondheim speak about writing was really compelling. Right. And I called Chicken about it, and now he has, he has kind of embarked on a personal project to introduce me to the history of American musical theater. Oh, interesting. And is sending me stuff to and read how and listen to. Huh? How is it hitting Eric? It's tough, and especially tough if you don't know the book. Like, you know what I mean? If you don't know the, you don't know the, the, the story behind the songs, it's kind of right. just weird old songs mm-hmm. um, that people are over-singing. And, you know, but it's... Um, is this going to affect the direction of Satellite Sound? No, but it affected my writing. The Sondheim book definitely affected my writing. Listening to the way that Sondheim spoke about writing and that I immediately could see the similarity between writing lyrics for a song and writing for comics. Mm-hmm. You got yay much space. You got X amount of syllables. You can't go longer. You can't go shorter. The rhymes need to work. You know, it's sort of, it's like very easy to court him talking about writing for musicals to yeah. mm-hmm. writing for comics. And it was, that was very informative and very influential. Hmm. Also, all of my stories are going to end with pie fights now. So I guess you're right. I guess it has influenced me a little bit. Right. What's your favorite Jake and comic? I think Times Squared is the best of that particular era. I think that's the one where you can really see Howard and Ken pushing their work against mm-hmm. the physical limitation of the media at the time. I, and I mean, I'm not misusing the word. I mean, what paper, what printers were able to print, they had gone as far as you could go before before just the machines couldn't handle their art anymore. Um, Sorry. Yeah, I got another, gave him another musical theater fan in the office. Yeah, okay. I don't know how well it would pick it up because it's kind of a directional mic. Oh, all right. I love um, Times Squared because Times children Square. to sing. Yeah. <laughs> Times time Squared is probably... I th- Objectively, my favorite, but, but American Flag and Black Hawk, I have very sentimental attachments. Those are like my big three for him. Um, those are my, my kind of triumvirate of, of work for him. I remember there being a Chang- I going through a quote when I was first discovering Chang and I'd been given a big stack of, of American Flags. Mm-hmm. And everything I read, Shadow by him, and I, everything I read by him was really great and seemed like it was a huge success when it came out. And then I found like a quarter or dime bin stack of books for him. I don't remember what book it was. And I. I was like, why isn't this one a bigger deal? And I read through it and there was no sex in it. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if that was... Like Twilight? What's that? Oh, that's, that's a terrific book. That's yeah, a, Twilight's that's a good. No, um, that's the Garcia Lopez. Yeah, yeah. But it's a really... That's a dense... You know, yeah. Just, yeah. It's, um, it's funny. I... I uh, uh, love Howard. I have a shelf. I have, you know, like his stuff goes on the shelf, not in a box, you know. But those are the three. I think Times Squared is is probably the winner of that fight. But I have an incredible sentimental attachment to American Flag, and I think Hawkeye, Black Hawk, is still uh, unmatched and unparalleled in some of the things it does and tries. Mm-hmm. Just the stuff that he tries to do, let alone the stuff that he succeeds. Do you think a lot about your kind of personal pantheon of, of creators, like you know, Love and Rockets, and, and that, and wh- how your own work might relate to that? No. I don't have that capacity. Um, there's stuff though that I still um, there's there's stuff that that goes on a shelf because if the house is on fire and the kids are safe, this is the stuff I'm going to get out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's where Howard's stuff is, and the Hernandez brothers are there. And I just realized I could take the Luba book, the big heavy Luba hardcover, out and yep. sell it because now they're doing it in the little volumes, the sort of the master volumes. Yeah. So 
can form eventually. I can get rid of the, you know, my, my Hernandez shelf expands and contracts depending on what they've reprinted. You could probably use that big book to put out a fire, too. Yeah. Um, um. One of the things I was thinking about, I was talking to Brandon earlier, is um, we bring up with artist lots is the idea of you kind of, when you're drawing, you kind of have your influences and you work through your influences, and I'm wondering how that works with you with your writing. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. And the, the horror is when you see it later. You don't realize it at the time, but you go back and I will go back and look at it something and it's like, oh, I guess who was reading a lot of whatever then. You know, I can, I can see it when I go back and look at, look at what stuff. What do you see? Do you, do you see uh, influence from prose or is it mostly comic? Oh, it's mostly comic. Yeah, I by and large read nonfiction. Mm -hmm. I very rarely read fiction anymore, mostly because I'll just... <laughs> Like kind of, I have a thing too where like I'll mimic accents. I don't mean to. Mm -hmm. Like if I tell a story, I'll do a voice. I don't mean to be doing a Howard voice, but it's just kind of I moved around a lot, and I can I go I go home, and my southern comes out. I'm home, twenty minutes, and, and it's my G's are gone, and lots of y'alls, and it all kind of comes out. It's very easy. It's to the take. kid moving around a lot, hoping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would I would always try to mimic where I was. So it's, but so I'm gonna tell okay. stories about people. I'll do their voice, and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to it's just it's just kind of. And that's something that's in the history of both. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're both only children, and we both uh, moved a lot. But um, we had a thing we realized early on that uh, when well, it wasn't early on, I guess it was. You we were talking about um, wanting to be where we were going to be when we had kids, and uh, and I had like this this panic reaction to that. Um, and then we realized that you had a negative association with all of the moving around, and I had a positive one with mm -hmm. all of the moving around. But he had four high schools. Yeah. And I had one, and I traveled internationally, and he traveled through the Midwest. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. not fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, she had a way better deal than me. So, um, you know, I lived in Germany and Japan and Italy and, uh, and Texas and California and Nebraska. And, yeah. you know, it was a... a yeah. I felt like it gave me perspective. Right. Um, and that just went from Denny's to Denny's. Yeah, no, from Denny's to Stuggies and back to Denny's. Okay, yeah. Or from Stuckies to Denny's. I to almost Stuckies. made a Stuckies reference, and I was like, "No one will go Stuckies reference." Uh, I'm there. I'm with you. You're or Shoney's. How about Shoney's? You ever go to Shoney's? No, no, you're over my head. You go to Shoney's, get your eat on. It's good. <laughs> um, no, but I'll, I'll see other comics that I'm reading. I, I'll, I'll see. Look at that. Or I'll, um, a lot. Of, it's not necessarily even like dialogue. I'll just catch tricks. You know, like I'll see. Oh, I learned that from so and so, and now right. I'm doing it. I'm trying it out. Like I stole it, and I put it in my toolbox, and now I'm using wrenches. I yeah. get the idea that you're somebody who kind of pays attention to a lot of comic books, kind of out of your, out of your scene almost. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Ask yeah. him about the new Fifty Two. Oh yeah, I went fucking crazy when that shit came out, man. I, I studied that like it was the Torah. I studied really? that like the dude in Pi. I was I read them all. I made charts. I went I went fucking yard on is that there shit. A, is there a new Fifty Two book that's worth reading? No, but the one that's worth looking at was Detective Comics, okay. because it was Tony Mc, uh, Tony Daniel writing for himself for the mm -hmm. first time, mm -hmm. and it was incredibly educational to see an artist writing for an artist. Interesting, because he had just come out of doing all of Grant's Batman stuff, right? Right. And to see him off the chain and how he did things. It's like, oh, look at that. That's the way artists write for artists because he's bored. Of course he doesn't write an eight-page scene in one fucking room. He's an right. artist. It'd take him three weeks to draw. Right. So there's literally a dialogue scene that happens during a chase that starts in a room and goes to a rooftop and lands on top of a train and falls into another building. And it's yeah. one. Th and it's like, I would have written that in one room. He wrote a flowing... It was, that was the most educational. It was just like... That was around around the time I started to write um, 
plot style as often as I could oh, I to try to give right. give the storytelling back to the artist. So when you were doing your, your earlier thing of, of trying out different writing styles, did you ever do uh, thumbnail style where you're drawing out layouts? Yeah, but it was never anything that I... I always sort of thought that that was like telling an actor how to do a line reading. I always thought that was a no-no. I would do it for me because it was easier sometimes for me to look at my... I used to, I had the first I had I kept Mantooth for a long time. I might be able to dig that up. Right. If I, but yeah, but it was just because if I could if I could draw it, I could describe it. Right, because I actually am at the point if I ever work up other people's scripts, I demand that because. Yeah, I love that. I love seeing that stuff in the profit collections where you would like, oh, like, like write a script and also here's a thumbnail of the issue yeah, and here's the color code. You know, you'd sort of like mock color it. You kind of did a, and a lot of everything just, but doing it. You know. Yeah, it's like the and a lot of people took that as me. Uh, doing too much work but a lot of it was conversation with the guys I was working with to be like um, you know this thing happens especially if it's so fictional mm -hmm. it's you can explain it like Alan Moore and just have people's eyes rolling back in their head or you yeah, can just exactly. say like it just looks like a squid this is, the, this is the hardest thing about doing Fantastic Four was that your profit was out every month doing it better it was just that sort of like oh, that's the science fiction stuff that we should be doing and not this like that was all it was a that was a I had a very antagonistic relationship with your book for a while. It's very, uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's because, but, but it's exactly right because you could bore the shit out of somebody without more. You could just be like, "Woo, let's go," you know, and sort of. I needed, I needed more. Woo, let's go, and less of what I was doing. I do a, a um, photo booth pictures mm -hmm. of a, oh, a yeah. gesture or a facial expression rather than. Like taking the time to explain. Oh, interesting. Yeah, this is the. So the acting comes. Yeah, in. and it's it's that it's psychological gesture. I have a very specific gesture in mind that I have want. Have you published those? Huh? Have you published those? No, uh, but it, it is always uh, uh, hilarious when the artist gets one that has a, a screen cap in it. Yeah, yeah like you're in your pajamas. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like, like hair section. Yeah, yeah. You know. That, that sounds fantastic. But it's just easier than than saying, you know, like, okay, your fingers are tented, so, you know, yeah, like, it's like, here, she's doing this. Well, that, that's something that's really interesting to me is, like, I'm really obsessed with the process in a lot of things, and comics is that thing where everybody does it differently, and everybody learns to do it differently. Mm -hmm. And in things like, you know, in Pretty Deadly, or uh, Hawkeye, or Sex Criminals, or whatever, it's like, we get to see, you get to see the root of the tree and the branch, but the... Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the root structure must be as much fun to look at, as much fun to work on, and as stressful. <laughs> yeah, but but that's like I'm just super into it, you know. Like I'm I'm dealing with this thing now where like we're putting together these Casanova collections. We're gonna put together all of everything that's ever been published, and that means like a lot of stuff that I would not like out into the world now. But sort yeah. of again, I know this is how you put nails into wood by falling on them with your shin. So I'm gonna right, republish exactly. all this stuff. But like I I used to talk about my work a lot more than I do now. I'm much more content and insistent on the work speaking for itself. Has part of that been kind of building boundaries just for your own sanity? Some. And some of it is just thinking that the work should speak for itself. And I'd much rather talk about somebody else's process. I'd much rather be smart at somebody else than sort of pay myself the attention of, this well, is why I'm so worthy of a... I'm really curious about the... You did the issue of Born Again, wasn't it? Yeah. Where you, like, did the whole grid... Literally thing. sitting on the toilet. Literally sitting there, like... I'm sitting on the toilet. I'm gonna like that. That started like I had a note. Like that was literally like that. That was how just spontaneous. Like that's yeah. when I talk about don't be precious in a sketchbook. I'm like, hey, you're sitting on the toilet. Grab a sketchbook and noodle around. Like it was that degree of. I'm just gonna yeah. you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the born again. It was like a sequence, I think. Yeah. The the triangle was the Ben York bit. Oh right. With ben York getting the the phone call. 
And then, oh, and I did the thing where we found all the triangles in the one issue. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because uh, Mezzacelli was doing. Has there been? Have you had any false starts doing things like that? Really? Like, I wonder about this, and then you jump into it. And yeah, no, fifty-two. The new fifty-two is a great way to figure out. Oh, there's just there's no rhyme or reason here. What were you hoping for in studying that? I was thinking that as an as a as a freelancer at Marvel, uh, that our competition had just pulled their pants down and put their dicks on the table and invited us to go to town with rulers. Mm-hmm. And I thought, the biggest and best guys they have... First issues are the hardest thing in the world to write, to me. A first issue is the worst. Second issue is shitty too, but first issue is fucking awful. And like, here's 52 of them, uh-huh. by our competition. It is, as, it is as Yankees, Red Sox as you get. Right. And they're like, oh, take a look! Alright, great, let me see what 52 number ones look like. And you can see where clearly an editor had their fingerprints on things. Because suddenly you read seven books in a row with the same editor's name on it, and they all start the same way. Mm-hmm. I don't mean story-wise. I mean layout-wise. Yeah. Well, here's a page. Turn the flip. There's a double-page spread. Stack panels on the right. Flip the page. Blah, blah, blah. Then there's an ad. Mm-hmm. It's like, interesting. Seven books in a row like that. Same editorial. Hmm. I wonder if that was... I'm sure that was. You know, mm-hmm. that's not coincidence. Right. Um, so, yeah, no, a lot of times it's just, oh, there's no... This is just a book. This is just a guy putting a book together. Yeah. Right? Like, like... It doesn't all have to be, you know, I'm, I'm going to do um, Odyssey in a uh, verse, uh, the way Homer wrote it. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a syllabic structure, mm-hmm. and I'm going to write it like that. Um, uh, what is it? Hexa, something dactyl, dactylic, I can't remember what it is right now. Um, and I was like, and I literally thought, like, Jesus, do I have to make fucking everything hard? Why can't I just write? Like, just right. fucking write it. And I don't know that I'm going to get into it and do it, but for now, as I've started to write it, I've started to write it with this linguistic structure that is the way that Homer wrote the Iliad okay. and the Odyssey. Um, so what? Because I, I don't know, because I can't ever do anything simply. But a lot of guys right. do. A lot of guys just sit down and write a story. And say, hey, it's fucking Nightwing beating up some criminals, and then a bigger criminal beats up Nightwing. What's going right. to happen next month? Oh, great. Super cool. Yeah, or like Keith Giffen will be like hey is this a six panel grid because Keith Giffen is in like a really big Jack Kirby place right now and yeah. so hey it's six panels six panels five panels six panels six panels yeah. right. hey look this guy does three panels a page this guy does nine panels a page which is more effective neither great you know and other times it's you know there's not always a master plan involved and I think doing a deep dive on 52 number one issues and a you know, that's a, that's a good way to see. Right. Did you just do the first issue, or did you? Oh yeah, Jesus that? Christ, yes. That was. We're fifty-two of them. Have you not been paying attention? <laughs> yeah. Suddenly we're talking about one hundred and four. Like, that's ridiculous. Uh, to, did a count of how many panels there were in each of the the, the issues, nice. and then figured out what the average. Uh, the average, by the way, was four panels uh, per page. Yeah. Books, so. Which is, so now you know, in case you were wondering, I wonder what the average panel count was. <laughs> I would have guessed higher. Uh, uh, well, well, love spreads. I'm not a full page. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a, very, a lot of books started with a splash and then yeah, we, a double page. Yeah, yeah. But it's a. Uh, uh, but you know, look, it's it's rare when the Red Sox let you go into the locker room and look and see yeah. what they're up to, right? But that was what that was. It was, well, it was, too, it was too irresistible not to. Just to nerd out. Twilight's an interesting example of a book that I think starts out incredibly, incredibly promising and then after the first issue it kind of lost me. Yeah, I think Howard responds in a very personal way to criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you can see his enthusiasm flag um, I don't know that he would agree necessarily, but you know, I think I think there's a thing. I don't blame him necessarily, but I think you can see where 
like I think you can see it Twilight's incredibly dense and incredibly complicated and then I think it just you know right. well, it's, it that's part of the reason he stopped drawing flags like it was too much work right right you know and you can see that issue one it kind of it's it is like never more dense than issue on one it is never page. more dense than issue one and then it kind of becomes a kind of a much more standard comic by the end of that first 12 yeah um, that 12th issue was still better than any other anything but which one is issue 12 it's the end of the, the robot legs are walking around on fire I can't remember Okay. That's the end of it. But after that, he just kind of went to like an editorial writing kind right, of place. Right. And uh, oh, and the sound effects, the guns and that that have the doo wop. Ken Ken Bruzenek sound right. effects, yeah. Papa Umamo. Uh huh. Have you considered doing more comic, like critical comics writing, like what you did with the? Uh, you know, I mean, I do it for myself all the time, but yeah. it's sort of a matter of. I was also there's something I didn't want to write that night. I don't remember what it was. or something I was stuck on, or I just kind of needed to, you know. Yeah, you don't get paid for it. And it's like, you know, that little girl grows out of her clothes really fast these days. So it's like, well, I could write a script I'm gonna get paid for, or I could, you know, yeah. jerk off on Tumblr for a night. Um, it's fun, just again from like an art school standpoint. But like, there's a, I just bought that double, that double box of uh, Nausicaa, mm -hmm. and like the second or third panel on the first page, there's no border. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. And there's like one other panel in the book with a border, but I was like, what does this mean? Let's, and I just started to ask questions. Mm -hmm. And you start to think about it, just critically, what does it mean for one panel an entire, and over, over 1,400 pages, one panel doesn't have a border? What does that mean? Does right. it mean anything? If so, what? Does it mean this? Why this? Why that? Why is this shot? And I just started to kind of ask right. questions, and suddenly it turned into like this thing that seemed far more critically than it, critical than it was, but it was just looking at right, a thing and asking seemed, questions about it. Right. I did, a, I did a similar thing with that same opening Nausicaa thing. Really? Where I was, uh, I just cut apart the panels and rearranged it. Uh -huh. I put it up on the internet, but um, yeah, it was, I, there's something about, I think there's something maybe about Miyazaki's work that feels so based in film that... Um, that's what I thought, of, yeah, that's where the credits would go. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's right. That's the panel where the credits would go. This is a movie. Right. See you later. All right. You too, Hank. Thanks. But yeah, that was always thought. I was like, oh, that's the. And there's something interesting about his storytelling that you get so used to seeing his work in animation that his panels start to feel like a weird place to pause. You know, like. Uh, the, the whole. The, the, the Japanese idiom is so. sometimes so foreign to me. Like, yeah. like any, any of the sort of. And him specifically, because he's like. He's like a Japanese artist who's uh, going outside of Japan to Europe. So it's like a, it's like it's like looking through the window at a party that America didn't get invited to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's such a there. There are times when like, yeah, wow. I just I don't understand the choice. I don't understand the the, the you know and it's right. just wow. Just narrative structure. So and, and part of it, you know, I just I, I granted I'm, I come from a very structured. Place of storytelling, a very Western three-act structure kind of you yeah. know, kind of place, and this is sort of the antithesis of that. But it's so almost like a tone poem. You know, it's the difference between like Dr. Seuss and fucking like, T.S. Eliot. Right? right. Something. Something I am. Um, the Americans are Dr. Seuss in that equation. Right. <laughs> um, so it seems like you kind of following. It seems like you have the ability to take really basic structures and and play with them a lot. And that, I don't know, I feel like that's where a lot of the fun might come in, is like you, you know, like you said, the, the guy, the guy coming in and delay pipe, and I mean, it's like you're, you're aware of the, uh, 
you're aware of, of what needs to happen in every scene, but it doesn't have to be yeah, an yeah. ABC boring. Sure. Is that something that breaking that thing? Is you, do you consciously think about how is is there is there an element of subversion in the work? Is what I'm asking, or, or is that important to you? Only sort of like I said before, like only to get through, only to sort of get through the square work. You know okay. what I mean? Like it's it's never a oh I'm. Can't believe Marvel is going to publish this or anything like that. It's always right. just sort of like, how do I, just as a writer, get through this? I think if, if I'm bored writing a scene, you're going to be bored reading it. Okay, yeah. I think it's going to translate. So if I can, we all know what's going to happen, right? You all know what's going to happen. Like, and this is a thing that uh, I've discovered a lot of superhero readers don't like, is like they don't like it when you disregard, when you when you when you just pass through that um, suspension of disbelief and brush it off. They don't right. like that. They want that. They want that honored, and you know. Um, well, which is something I'm finding really interesting because you know it's that thing of like picking up a new Spider-Man comic and they they give you Spider-Man's origin, and and I'm always it always infuriates me because I'm like there's there's got to be like three guys in Zimbabwe that don't know Spider-Man's origin. Like the people buying this comic are are fine. And everybody in the employee of the Sony Corporation, but yeah, no. Um, right. <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah, I just yeah. And maybe it's ultimately sort of the the root of why it wasn't why it didn't maybe stick more landings at Marvel is that that's not that's 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 I'm I'm letting the the muck monster get in the way of the environment story you know what I mean like, <laughs> like, like people don't want a story about how deaths in comics are bullshit they want to believe that a death in comic is real and a comic book is real and right. they, and, and they don't want to know about myths and legends outlasting. The storytellers they want to know about can so and so, you know what I mean? Like, like right. um, it, it probably works counterintuitively because so it's probably worked against me a lot of times, a lot of chances. But right, yeah, girl. I was wondering if you could get me a uh, Ninja today. I can't, baby girl. But maybe this weekend we can. Do you need new shoes? Can you get something to change? Baby, baby literally needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> um, support Daddy, the comics. Daddy, I need a new pair of shoes. Okay. We'll take These ones feel too hot. Well, I think that's they a, just feel too tight. Ha, have, you, have you tried putting them in the freezer? That's going to make them too cold. What if... Hmm, what about the refrigerator? That's going to make them too cold. I give up. All right, new shoes. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks, Dad. I'm crushing this. <laughs> um, now, do we keep that in? Yes. Yeah, no. I, I, I think, I think there are times that perhaps I wasn't taking the, um, the form. I wasn't handling it with the gravitas with which certain but sectors. Can you every week? And I can't. People can. Yeah. I'm, but not me. But again, I just think it's you know. Because you know, I think it's it's silly after a while to pretend there's something, right? You know, you, you know, it's like it's just why the guys in Hawkeye say bro all the time. It literally doesn't matter what they say. Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they're all interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. AIM guys, no AIM character has ever said anything important because right. he's a guy in a beekeeper suit that the Hulk is gonna punch. Right. 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 Like so, just have him say bro literally every word because it doesn't matter. Right. Like it's sort of like like but that you know some people dig it and some people don't. 
Um, and I don't like it that you're pointing out that maybe this is a little silly, or that this is rote, or that this is something we know about. We can just kind of accept and move on to what the story is really about. Yeah. Sort of. No, no. We want the. I want to believe that this aim guy is the one aim guy who's going to say something really important. Uh-huh. Which, which could be another trope to play with too. You know, I think that's one of the things that like the Hickman's doing really, really well right now. Um, I think I think John does that very well. I think John. I think that's kind of John's strength is taking the silly things and treating it with right. more weight than it's ever been given before. And suddenly, holy shit, this is really cool. And suddenly, you're reading a story about aim guys that you care about. And right. look, look at what Hickman has done. It's like, uh-huh. ah. so it's sort of some kind of weird Penn and Teller thing where you think the trick's about one thing and it ends up being about right. the trick. Huh. Oh, no, that's me. I guess I'm, that's that's yeah. I guess that's me pointing out the trick is about the trick. People don't like that. People just like good tricks. Right. But Sometimes. it does feel like. Um, it does feel like an advancement in the dialogue of let's talk about what the story's really about. Sure. Let's not pretend anymore that we can't just see exactly where this is going. Yeah. You know, I think... Well, did you see Edge of Tomorrow? No, I haven't yet. Really good. I heard good things about you. It's sort of like Groundhog Day. is like science fiction apocalypse movie. Yeah. The Field is doing that now at Image. Oh, yeah? Yeah. At Brisson and Simon. Okay, I gotta check that out. Um, um, but like... You know, when it's kind of explaining what its premise is, it's sort of, you know, you, you live through the day once and Tom Cruise dies. Mm-hmm. You live through it again, but it's kind of, it's making these really clever little edits and it's mm-hmm. kind of compressing. And then it gets to a point where it's kind of happening so rapidly, it's almost, you know, just shot, 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 right. boom, he's dead, shot, shot, boom, he's dead. And then you just, and as you kind of learn what the movie is about. Right, almost um, the kind of thing that teaches you uh, the language of the movie while you watch it. Right, and, but it's very knowing mm-hmm. and very... It's a very filmic moment. It is a very it is a very new wave kind of rule breaker moment in the middle of this big science fiction summer blockbuster mm-hmm. directed by Doug Lyman starring Tom Cruise, the right. biggest movie star in the world. Suddenly we're gonna do ten minutes of fucking hilarious edits. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Because you've never seen Tom Cruise get run over by a truck before. Boom, he got run over by a truck. Cut oh, to nice. the previous day, and he goes through. Now he avoids getting run over by the truck, but this happens. And it's just kind of like. Okay, yeah. That's just and there's this amazing moment where he's like, all right, one. He sees a truck coming. He's like, okay, one. Here comes a truck. Is this going to happen? All right, one, two, three. Roll. He dives and he rolls. And you think, oh, he's going to do the thing where he rolls into the truck, but the truck stops. And, he, and you hear this like horrible, bloody right. meat churn. And everyone turns at the truck and goes, Jesus Christ! And uh-huh. cuts to the day resetting. Yeah. And like. <laughs> like that's why Edge of Tomorrow worked and uh, right. why Oblivion didn't. One of them took itself so seriously. Mm-hmm. So, well, this is the moment where Morgan The other one's Tom Cruise and a meat grinder. I often wonder about if it'd be possible to teach it, uh, the readers kind of uh, get them get them the genre they're used to and then almost distract them and do a new genre in the middle of it. Like, uh, like um, I had an idea a while back that was just to start a how-to comics, like a, like a Scott McCloud understanding comics. Mm-hmm. And it's like a guy and his assistant going through and saying, like, uh, this, is, this is the basics of comics. This is how it works. And then on page you know, 15, the guy's assistant gets, gets killed. And it turns into a murder mystery. That'd be great. And, uh, I mean, just those ideas of, like... Well, did you ever read... Uh, there's an Alan Moore short called... I want to say it was called Poptopia or like Toontopia. Oh right, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Don Simpson. Don Simpson, yeah, yeah. The with all the com- yeah, the cartoon characters of Van Ghettos. Once people yeah. stop reading yeah. about them, and that's a that's a different story rules. to read now because it's the the idea is that, that, that these gritty new '90s superheroes are taking over yeah. the cartoon town. Yeah, and it'd be funny to revisit it now. Now yeah. that it's been. <laughs> Alan, Alan Moore strikes me as the kind of guy who. Um, 
first came up with the idea of smoking crack and has been apologizing to crackheads ever since. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, like, no, not like that. I just meant it like a one-time thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like uh, that's it. So it's much of his work feels like penance for weed. people take, for people taking the wrong things away from his work. Right. Well, much of Frank Miller feels that way. Maybe Frank Miller doesn't feel that way, but not at all. Maybe he should. <laughs> maybe at one point he did. Who knows? Um, I'm realizing we should probably wind up because we're going to have stuff coming up All right. a little bit. Um, thank you so much, Matt, for yeah. welcoming us uh, in home again. And uh, like I said, I'm very much enjoying Six Criminals. Thank I like you. Sam. The latest issue that I've read, number six, is definitely an amazing kind of step in a whole other direction, which is really fascinating. Yeah. Series that starts out about sex drugs. I think so. I think, so. I think seven's even better. So. And I have one question. Sure. Are we ever going to see anyone doing the Chester in it? No. Okay. I think it's copyrighted. I think we'd have to pay a licensing fee. I don't okay. think you're allowed to do that without paying Chester Brown. Like. It's in the back of an issue. Hey, Sneaky does it. That's. That's. Uh, is that the same publisher though? No. Fanta uh, and DQ. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Man, this dude is fucking the night. The chitlins with onions and sardines on the side. Now that's funky. One, two, one, two, two, three. I'm the MC called Ice T. Uh-huh. That's DJ Evil E. Word. Islam creates the beat. Dope beat. You Dope girls beat. look so sexy. Uh-huh. I wish y'all were up here with me. You know that. You drive me crazy with the big old butts. Girls, uh-huh. let's uh-huh. get butt naked and fuck tonight. I'm trying to make this real clear, dear. Tell them I have no time to whisper in your ear. No time for that. No time to remove your fears. I just want to get near. Near, close, you know what I'm saying? Get butt naked and roll around. Oh, Move shit. our bodies like up and down. That stuff that your mama calls smut, girl. Let's get butt naked and fuck. Come on, you know you wanna do it too. Yes, you do. It's good to me and it's good to you. No, it's good. I only speak what's true. You say you don't, but I know you do. Come on up to my room. Come on. We'll undress by the light of the moon. Lay down and I'll caress that butt, girl. Let's get butt naked and fuck. I mean, real stupid and nasty. I know what you want, so you don't have to ask me. Just lay back and I'll operate. Jim Brodsky, we'll go to work and penetrate. And then we'll both feel great. Good, you know what I'm saying? Make your move tonight, girl. Don't hesitate. We both want it. Don't make it tough, girl. Let's get butt naked and fuck homeboys. You know the situation. You're trying to rap, but they give you frustration. Nose in the air, turning you down when you really want to say, Yo, baby, let's get down. But you know you keep fronting. Kicking conversation ain't talking about nothing When all that's really on your mind is what Yo baby let's get butt naked and fuck That's right if you're a man you want it You know that If you're a woman you tease him and flaunt it But my crew got to have it And after they dog it I autograph it The syndicate don't lecture We move in a group seduce and capture And if the posse has good luck the girls will get butt naked and fuck that night. Islam takes the pictures. And girls, I'ma say, Evil E's gonna get you. Get you illin' in a nude mode. A double X-rated episode. Hotel rooms cold explode. When my posse unloads. Sex in effect when we're on the road. Rush it. Put your hands up in the air. If you love sex, I know you're out there. 
safe sex that is You got to be careful with this 88 sex biz But that's another song Girls move your body sexies and the brothers will come along Homeboys move in on that button, say girls Let's get butt naked 